Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome again to the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight we are going to be chatting about trail clothing, what to wear on the trail, in the woods while you're going out bushcrafting, or if you're just going out camping, hiking, anything like that. We're just going to have a little discussion on what we like, what we don't like, some suggestions, and our general insight. Um, now I know I have a few things that I'm going to go over, Ben, but uh, we didn't actually talk about it a whole lot before we started up. Where, where did you want to start on this topic? Um... I, I think I'd like to start with probably footwear, um, because it's the thing that makes a lot of, of my decisions. Um, where do you think of that? Like, is that? I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, I, I think it's the thing that varies the most when I go. Like, if I'm going for a good hike, I, I'll wear like a, a pair of work boots, usually something fairly lightweight but sturdy. And usually high ankle. I, I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, like, the sneaker-style hiking shoes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and, and I, I find it funny because I go into a an outdoor store, and they have all kinds of hiking shoes. And I'm thinking, if you're going hiking off of, a, a like, a well-groomed trail, to me it's it's a risk of, of a, a twisted ankle and, and, and increased injury and, and not really going to give you the support you need. But some people love them, and, and people who love them and like them and use them, you know, it's more power to them. If they can get out and use that, that's that's cool. But that's that's sort of a thought that I kind of have with it. I pretty well want something I can step in a decent puddle and not worry about getting too wet. Um, but on the flip side, if I'm going, say, canoeing or kayaking, I'll often wear more of a water shoe, something I can step in the water, get wet. It's not going to fill up with water so it, it creates an awkward getting in and out um and i can sort of flip out of the boat and sort of swim to shore if, it, if that should ever happen again uh, all right so you have any thoughts on footwear or? uh actually i do i just wanted to say there um i noticed we had a the classic hang-ups for whatever reason with the program we're using it didn't record the first about minute of what we were talking about so instead of doing it again just to recap anybody that's joining us on our audio feeds uh we're chatting about trail clothing tonight we started off with footwear and you actually just came in right around where ben was saying what he preferred there but um so yeah sorry about that guys if if you are missing a big chunk just check it out on the facebook page it should have the whole thing uh, now, to answer your question there, my thoughts on footwear is I'm a big sucker. I like boots regardless of what I'm doing. I'm not a big sneaker person in the woods, strictly for the ankle support. I'm a bigger guy, and I'm clumsy. Uh, I have never seriously sprained my ankle in my life. You know, knock on wood, I've had little twists, things like that, nothing major. And I attribute it to literally I live in my work boots. I buy a pair of work boots, and that's it sneakers do me years because i never wear them they never wear out uh, generally something ends up actually happening to the sneakers before they get worn out uh hey dave just seen you join in there uh so for me yeah it's boots boots only and i like a boot with at least a six inch shank if not an eight inch like the ones i'm wearing now are eight inch i like as much ankle support as i can possibly get and I do prefer the steel toes, but a lot of people tell you to avoid them, especially in Nova Scotia, just because we have a lot of rocky, inclinate, is that the right word? Inclining topography is what I'm trying to get across, but I don't know what the word is. But anyway, we have a lot of ups and downs in our terrain, right? So as you're climbing up, the, the metal in your toes can potentially 
hit on top of them or get under your toenails and it's not a good thing so i know on the wildfire side of things uh a lot of the guys that used to come out over to here hated the fact that we wore steel toes just because of our top topography but anyway yeah i prefer steel toes long ankle support yeah i, I usually have at least a hard toe and and by saying that like some of them i've had had the kevlar toes in them so not true a true steel toe but um I'm kind of the similar, and I, I, I do find it because it's a good all-around boot. It's a good work boot. is a good all-around boot. It'll pretty well get you anywhere and do almost anything you need. Um, rubber boots tend to chafe and cause other problems, I find. So you, you kind of have to judge your terrain and your environment. But you never know what you're going to come across when you're walking in the woods. So you try to be prepared for almost anything. And uh, that's going to get you, I think, this safest trip get you out dry with dry clean footwear and stuff you said something that actually piqued my interest and if i got to touch on it you said rubber boots chafe your feet um very short story i used to work with natural resources as we've talked about before and we used to do something called pgis which is pellet group inventories which okay the simple explanation is you go out in the woods and you count rabbit poop literally we do it for tracking populations uh we also pick up deer piles and moose piles if we happen to stumble across some and it, it gives us information well not us i guess now natural resources information uh on how to issue hunting licenses with deer uh not it's not specifically set solely on that but it's something they use to go towards that same as uh rabbit populations potential looking into mainland moose stuff like that so that it's just statistical data right but the idea is you pick a point they're all pre-planned out and you literally walk 100 meters in the woods straight line on your bearing and you stop at 100 meters and you count whatever happens to be there uh that's the short explanation and even it was long-winded but anyway um doing these pgis you will go through every kind of possible terrain you can think about and i wore a pair of rubber boots on one that i had done for a few years and knew that it was wet and said you know what i'm gonna save my feet long story short you're better off getting your feet wet and drying them where you when you get to where you're going than trying to take a pair of rubber boots and do any kind of extended hike uh my feet were tore up the whole backs like from where my heel was up was just skin raw so good point try to avoid the rubber boots unless you're only going short distances and you really need them my opinion yeah and and that kind of goes into a good uh side here is is there are things you can do to combat that and and thick wool socks really help decent liners can really help but all these things are going to add to to weight and warmth so in the summer I think you'll start to find that that could be too much. And in the winter, you uh, you, you may actually want that. I mean, I, the big snow boots and stuff are oftentimes, you know, just going to keep the snow out of your feet and it's going to be co- somewhat comfortable. But overall, just trying to get around, especially in the summer, I mean, I'm, that's, I stand behind what I said. It's you, you will tend to chafe more in something that can't be laced down and tightened properly and get in and out and if if they do fill up with water they they will drag you down like it takes a it's really hard to get rubber boots dry um 100 completely agree um something you're th- saying about big socks wool socks definitely is something that i wear under my 
my boots the majority of the time I'm in the woods in the winter. Uh, during the summer, I tend to go to a Gore-Tex sock or something like that, something that's a little bit more moisture wicking. But as you said, I tie my boots down pretty tight and I haven't had any real issues with chafing. Might have been a good idea for the rubber boots the time I went out. The Gore-Tex socks did not do anything for that. It's one of the things they pushed when I was with the reserves. We had the combat boots. I mean, they're not steel-toed, I know, but they they meet most of the other criteria. They they lace up quite high. They're they're good eight ten inch high combat boot, and they they lace tight all the way up, and they shape to your face, it's your feet, not your face. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're leather, so they kind of form really nice. And and I mean, there's a reason the military chooses that type of boot. It 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 offer, offers you the ability to, to cover good train safely and securely and, and protect your feet and they really push the wool socks even if you decided to wear like a nylon sock they usually re- recommended a wool sock over the top of it mm-hmm. to, to help with with chafing and 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 breathing because it'll allow some some air air for your feet to breathe um so that that kind of covers your feet i think we've we've done a good coverage there and we'll probably talk a little bit more about it as we continue on i'm sure but i i guess we can move on up i mean from there we go to you know your your pants and your and your and your shirts and stuff like you want to wear layers when you're in the woods generally stuff that you can shed and take off you want to wear stuff that protects you from the environment um so we got insects you in our casual contact conversation earlier you mentioned ticks (laughs) i am a tick magnet yes and i uh what we were talking about was i always try to wear a long long pants long sleeves even during the summer if i can get away with it i mean sometimes it's just too hot and i'll go down to a t-shirt but i very rarely go any less than uh long pants if i'm going to be in the woods now if we're on a trail a groom trail where i i don't figure I'll be getting into tick habitat, or as you were saying, Ben, on a boat, and I'd be portaging or something like that, then yeah, I would probably go back to a shorts or something like that, but if I'm going into the woods, and I think there's a potential of ticks, I get pants, uh, there's actually a specific type of pant I buy that has no zippers, no metal, they're all button up, and the the pants are made of a ripstop material, so if they start to rip at all, the they won't spread, it just kind of goes to its individual cell, and that'll dead it, uh, the Downside of them is they don't like the heat either, as we had talked about with another piece of clothing I have here. But the good point is the the very ankles of them have a... Um, it's not even an elastic band. It's literally a string where you can tie them yourself. And yeah. uh, I like to take and tie those down somewhat snug. Not snug enough that it's hurting my feet, but somewhat snug. And then take my socks and flip them up over those. You look a little ridiculous, but you don't get anything down into your bare skin. You know what I mean? Yeah, the uh, combat pants have a similar thing, and they have an elastic, um, like a bungee cord that you can buy to go in under your pants to help hold those same things. And with my search and rescue, we use uh, gaiters as they is is the recommended device, which goes sort of over the top of your boot and then over your pants. If you can picture what I mean, I don't know if everyone's familiar with gaiters. I you can look them up on Amazon. I do have a pair over there somewhere. I'm not going to look for them right now, but maybe I'll we can post some pictures of them later. Were they called a gator? Gator. Uh, yeah. So it's it goes underneath your boot. Boot. There's a strap that goes underneath your boot, and then holds down fairly tight, and then comes up your leg almost to your knee. 
and it's it's an extra piece of clothing and it helps protect you from uh, insects, dirt, ticks, things like that. Okay. Now, I think I might have a photo here. Uh, I'm going to try and add this in. If it all goes sideways, I apologize. So let's just keep on chatting, and I'll come back to the gator thing here in a minute as long as I don't crash out. Yeah, and, and I guess we're talking along these lines. I, I do know that uh, I was down to Mark's workout warehouse the other day, and they actually sell clothing now that's got an insect repellent built into it. No oh, flies. Is yeah, it a pattern base or a deep base? I didn't look into it a lot, and and but it is definitely some kind of chemical put into the uh, to the clothing, and it's supposed to be good for like fifty washes or something. Mm. I'm sure not they're not the only company, but I think it's called No Fly Zone. So that's something else you can do. And in Carithian, I think it's called. You Path- may know. Yeah, I I said Pathrin, but Pathrin. you know what? Do not take what I say as an English word as actually being a real word. Uh, that I see Melissa's working over there, so she's probably going to correct us. Uh, so, yeah, Mel, if you know how to say that word, can you just poke your head in and we'll straighten this out? But she she's really good at English. I'm not. I make stuff up. As long as people know what I'm talking about, I'm good. Oh, I got Newfoundlandese figured right out, but that English language, yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> Newfoundlandese has nothing on me. <laughs> but... But yeah, this this is a product I've never purchased. It. I, I hear you can get it at like the farm stores and stuff for horses. Is the best place to look for it. Uh, yeah. But you you soak your clothing in it, you dry it, and then it's apparently safe to be around. But in its liquid form, it's somewhat toxic, and uh, it's supposed to keep ticks completely away from you. I've also heard people soak their their hammock gear and a bunch of other stuff with it. And help protect them. I looked it up. Sawyer's, I think, uh, Sawyer or Sawyer, they make yeah. a brand of it. And every now and then you can find it on eBay and Amazon and you can actually order it. It's tricky as heck, though. And yeah. uh, when I was reading the instructions on it, it's much like you say. They tell you to take it outside in a very well-ventilated area, coat it two or three times. Then it's supposed to be good for 30 days or seven washes or six washes. I, I suggest everybody goes and looks it up for themselves. Don't take exactly what I said to heart. But, um, yeah, and they claim it's supposed to be better than DEET. Now, personally, I've never used this stuff. I have seen lots of suggestions, as you said, to pick it up in uh, horse insect repellent or cattle insect repellent. The big thing with that, though, I think, is don't get it in the waterways or any of that, the the, uh, wet chemical anyway, because apparently it'll block fish's ability to breathe. That's... Yeah, I... I don't know a ton about it. I, I guess it's readily available in the States. It's, it's much harder to get here in Canada. It's it's an option that some people can look at, look up. I, I see there's a link to it now in our in our comment section. Yeah, so for anybody that wants to check it out, the Sawyer stuff I was talking about, look in the comments on the Facebook page for this video, and you should be able to pull it out. Uh, also, the other thing I get up here for you, Ben, can you tell me, is this the gator that you were talking about? Yeah, it's a version of them, for sure. Some of them are a little tiny bit different, but that's the general idea. It's it's decent for, well, year-round, really. I mean, it's good to help keep the ticks off. It's not 100%. They can kind of get underneath it. But if you've got the socks pulled up, you got the gaiters on, they're, they're, you're pretty protected. And if you're out in the winter and it keeps snow and stuff from going down to the cuff of your, your, of your boot or whatever, so 
they offer you some le levels of protection. So it's 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 another piece of clothing. We suggest it with the search and rescue when we're going. We usually try and take things like that. So it's it's a product not everyone has, not everyone uses, but it's it's fairly well known. All right, uh, fair enough. Like I said, I've heard of them. I've seen them. It just I couldn't put the two together in my head. So anybody that's listening, uh, once again, jump onto the Facebook thing. You'll see a picture that I threw up there. Uh, I guess something worth throwing out here, and, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but a lot of people really push the idea that, that denim and gene material kills in the woods. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that. I have. I heard that it chafes and doesn't breathe. Now, myself, I've worn jeans in the woods and haven't had too bad of a time. Yeah, the big thing that was pushed for us is that if it gets damp, it takes forever to dry out, and it'll t it tires you out really quick because it does stick. It, it sort of makes it harder to move. Uh, I have chafed in the woods with jeans. Um, I'm not sure I completely blame it on the jeans. It was hot days, working hard. The jeans did rip, and, it, and where they had ripped, they chafed. And uh, it, it is an unpleasant experience to have a bad chafing uh, due to your clothing. I, I can guarantee you that. But, uh, no, I found jeans give you an awful lot of protection when you're going through brush and bramble. and, and stick Because the clothing they recommend is lightweight, usually synthetic for jeans or pants. And uh, that's because it usually... It's a lightweight. It dries really quick, and uh, it breathes well, um, which are all good points. But honestly, they do nothing when a branch is flicking back at you, or there's a thorn sticking. It they tend to go clean through that type of material. I find so. Judge yourself accordingly. Think about what you're doing. If you're going to run a high risk of getting wet, you're going to want to make sure that you can uh, change that clothing out or dry it off. Uh, or it's something that will dry quick. I know, again, with I'll mention the military because they spend millions of dollars probably in researching clothing over the years, to all the governments and stuff added up, and they, they all use very similar gear. It's, it's lightweight synthetic pa pants that dry real quick, and, uh, I mean, there's a reason for that, and it works. It's, it's effective, and, and a good spot to look for good outdoor clothing is really Army surplus stores and stuff like that. I mean... It's hard to knock. It's 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 tested by the government uh, for their soldiers to get them in and out of bad situations. Um, but all your uh, your mechs, your, all your other places, they they make good products and and they have their selling points. I look for one sometimes with the zip offs, the shorts. You mentioned you don't wear shorts, but I like that ability to switch out to different types and not have to take like four or five pairs of, of outfits when I go in the woods. I try to go with two you know one to change into if the first ones are wet or dirty actually that was a point that i put down um in clothing especially for cold weather traveling was carrying extra clothing because it wasn't something we had touched on a lot and very yeah. important point if you get wet dirty something like that always good to have some extra clothes that you can get into uh even more so in the winter as i said that's where i was going to throw it in there but still a good point yeah yeah um and at minimum like spare socks, uh, take care of your feet. Um, that's that's a, a, a you know you, you you damage your feet in the woods. You get them too wet. You start walking around wet feet. It you may not be walking the next day very well. Trench foot, I think that's what's called. Is it well, not? Yeah, it's usually 
I think a few days for that to cut in, but you get your feet galled up and chafed up and you got them wet and trying to walk, they're going to gall and chafe quicker. And uh, we, I have a story where my wife and I did a three-day hike and she had wore new boots. She didn't break them in. I said we'd go back to boots, and sure enough. Make sure your clothing fits. It's, 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 you're used to it because brand-new boots tend to be more prone to chafing and you can't really necessarily take two or three pairs when you're going in the woods and she chafed her feet on a three-day hike and on day three she was barely able to walk and you know and it doesn't even take that long just to add into your story a little bit uh melissa and i recently had a little staycation where we just went to halifax for a weekend but similar story brand new pair of boots uh, i think they were Blundstones or something like that. They're they're a big fad boot right now. Anyway, we finally broke down. She got a pair, and happy as a peacock, and rightfully so. But wore them maybe for a little longer hike than she should have through town or the city, and uh, the next day was not good. So if she's still on the comments there, maybe she can type something up and give a little two cents on that. But if not, that's just it. furthering emphasizing the point. It doesn't take days to gull your feet up. She was only walking for maybe two hours and oh, yeah. her feet were rode off. Yeah. yeah you, you should, you know, break in a pair of boots over time. It, it's, it's, there's a process and it's, it's, it's an individual thing. Um, but it's definitely something to think about. Um, yeah. So what have we touched on? We've touched on boots. We've, I think we've really captured the gist of what I think needs to be said on that. I mean, there's there's a few other things we can throw out there. Like, I, 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 sometimes I'll take, just because I like a lightweight option, I, I take, like, a pair of Crocs in my backpack for walking around camp. Um, I usually throw some water shoes in because I always try to hit somewhere with water, and my water is yeah. my not only my drinking water, but it's my washing water, swimming water, you know, the whole thing, right? So a good pair of water shoes tends to end up in my pack. But yeah, uh, never thought about Crocs, not to be in all honesty, yeah. but I suppose they're nice and light. I've used Crocs as water shoes. Uh, I've used them in canoes and kayaks, too. And I have water shoes that I use in canoes and kayaks. And, and I, I, you know, Crocs are probably not the safest for that, but they have worked. I've, I've, I've come out of it fine. Uh, and I'm sure if anyone who listens to this will probably have some comment about Crocs are dangerous, they, they're slippery, they don't really hold your feet well, and they don't. It, they're completely right when they say these things, but they weigh almost nothing, and you can strap them to the back of your pack, and they dry real quick. So there's there's the selling point to them. Um, but, like, with anything, when you're in the woods, when you're, especially in colder months, uh, you want to think about layering your clothing. Oh, for sure. As you said, colder months, you have to layer up. As you know, if you sweat in the cold weather, it's going to mean big problems for you later on in the day. I mean, it may not seem like a big issue right then and there, but at night when you're starting to settle down, trying to get warm for sleep, or even if you stop and rest, all that moisture next to your body, not a good thing. No, it can actually kill you. I mean, you know, you sweat, you die in, in, in cold in cold weather environments if you're working hard and you're overdressed you're going to sweat your clothes are going to get wet and then when you do slow down it's going to start to freeze it'll suck the heat out of you and your your time gets very limited and unless you deal with the problem uh 
being having that ability to shed those extra layers and and deal with that is is vitally important and on the flip side having the ability to put something that's waterproof over you that navy can't breathe well will protect you from the outside environment you need to be able to switch in and out of this stuff relatively good um and that's where you really want to look for packable gear stuff that you can take off and still put in your bag and move stuff that's not overly bulky overly heavy uh, it's the big push for down gear for most people now. I mean, you can find a good down jacket or down vest that packs up pretty small. That's pretty neat, but it's you'll, you'll pay for it. It's quite expensive. Well, that's like anything. To get the fanciest of products, it probably has a high price tag, but generally you do get your money's worth out of it. So, uh, the odd time you might not, but generally you do get your money's worth out of anything you're going to buy, especially if you're going into the woods. Although I picked up a nice down vest a little while ago at a at a, a flea market or a, a Frenchie's, actually the one there attached to the the one hundred two uh, the surplus surplus. And I mean, I I I've knocked that store a few times over the years because I do find sometimes the prices aren't where I think they should be, but there's still good finds in there, and that's where I found that vest, and I've I've wore that vest at work most days since I bought it, so I can't really knock it, right? Um, so keep your eyes open for, for, for good deals and, and, and stuff there. Like you don't have to pay a fortune to get good gear, but you do put a lot of time looking for it if you're not paying the money. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we pretty much talked on boots, pants, uh, basics of shirts. We chatted a little bit on coats there, but, um, I guess, to sum a lot of this up, I, I notice we're covering a lot of the same topics, just in different ways. The big thing, and feel free to chime in here, Ben, um, wear clothing that's moisture wicking and won't make you sweat excessively when you don't need to. Both summer and winter, uh, your base layer, what's right next to your skin, and this is all my opinion, no scientific backing on this except my own experience, but next to your skin, something that'll wick the moisture off your skin. If you do uh, sweat it a little bit, it'll pull it away from you, get it out, get it evaporated off, followed up by a looser, warmer layer. Um, and you'll probably have more insight on this, Ben. The air layer that you can trap between your two layers of clothing will offer a lot of heat retention, correct? Yes, yes. That's the, the theory behind down and, and most is that it's it's the air. It's the trapped air. It gives you the real insulation. It doesn't produce heat, as some people claim it does, but it does retain heat. So if you got, if you're producing heat, and your body is, as long as you're alive, it's going to produce heat, then it'll retain that heat and keep you warmer. So, and, and no, everything you said right now is is right as I understand it. It's pretty, pretty well what this, they say, right? And that's that's kind of what I thought, but I didn't want to put an official spin on that because I really am just talking from personal experience. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, if you do go to wear rain clothes or something like that in your outer shell, most rain clothes don't have the best breathability. Even when you spend big bucks and they claim they do, they still tend to not breathe that well. Otherwise, they wouldn't be waterproof. If you can let water out, you can probably let water in. So a good thing, as we stated earlier, take something that you can change into once you get there. Uh, keep yourself dry. The key thing, even with all your clothing, is to be dry at the end of the day or once you get to where you're going and try to stay as dry as you can in between. Yeah, I mean, and I, I've used as a as a rain protection a garbage bag before and it works well it, it, and you can 
squeeze it into your pocket or, you know, punch a hole before you put it over your head. Enemy. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've been in the same situation. I have used a garbage bag as uh, my poncho and my shelter all in one evening. So, But, but it works. And, and like I said, you bunch up a, a, a large black garbage bag in your hand. It doesn't weigh much. It, 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 it's, it's a great thing. I mean... If you you look at a like a Kelly uh, rain suit, it's a nice rain suit, but it's gonna it's gonna fit in a pouch probably about nine twelve inches square and probably two three inches thick. That takes up a valuable real estate in your pack. And a garbage bag, I don't know. Right? I mean, there happens to be one here. Bunches down to next to nothing. And literally slip in your pocket of your pants, especially if you've got a cargo pair of pants or something like that. Jam at the cargo pocket, forget about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've watched a lot of these uh, through hikers, the guys do the, you know, the three, four months. Some of them, they don't wear rain pants. They wear a rain skirt. Guys, girls, they don't care, right? It's just a single piece of waterproof material they wrap around their waist and tie off. And they say that in the rain, that keeps them warm leaves their legs fairly free and being a skirt design it kind of allows airflow still so you can dry off a little bit i'm not sure if that tapping's coming through but i'm sincerely hoping everything is okay out in the house uh no i didn't hear anything okay it's quite loud behind me i'm actually getting a little concerned but i'm sure they'll come get me if anything does go awry uh yeah uh all good points and the garbage bag, perfect for, as you said, just throw in your pocket. I've never tried a water skirt, or a rain skirt, as I think you called it. I haven't uh, either. I haven't seen I, them. I like the kind, of, I don't even know if they're bought, or if they just make them. Um, if you watch through hiking videos, uh, the PV, the PCT and the ATC, down in the States, there's a whole bunch of videos of people who do these things, and it, and it fits well into the bushcraft concept, but these are people that are really into the ultralight. They're, they're doing 30, 40 kilometers miles a day depending on, on and they're trying to do i think some of these hikes must be close to five thousand kilometers in total or something they're, they're brutal trails and it, they start early spring and they go right into the fall like they're they're at it better part of a year and, and they they have large goals and they know there's going to be days where they can't move because the weather is not acceptable and stuff but on the good days they're going and they really push the gear if you want to do research on gear and what works and what doesn't and what's good for long trips. These guys are the ones that have tested it all, right? And they'll tell you about the shoes they use, the pants they use, the different systems they use for everything from hygiene to clothing to backpacks, the hammocks, why they stuck with what they did, what they got rid of, what they were happy with. And uh, maybe just one more time, Ben, give that another good plug in case anybody just peeked in at this point and they perked their ears. Who was that again? Uh there's no particular person but the ATC is is the Appalachian Crest Trail I think it is and the Pacific Coast Trail is the other one I think is Coast or, or Crest but there are two trails to go from basically the southern part of the states right up to almost the Canadian border on, on both sides of the continent and these are there's a ton of YouTube videos there's there's a lot of people that have done it both guys and girls and they 
they go in some pretty in-depth stuff talking about different gears and stuff. If you ever want to Google it or YouTube it, it's it's a it's a pretty good rabbit hole to get lost down. But they do run a lot of stuff about the gear and what they took and why they took it and how they they packed the gear. And because of the what they do, they're not bushcrafters per se, but everything they do is pretty well bushcraft related. So they, it's like I said it's it's good research. Uh, I find it it's interesting. The trail itself is a lot of the trip for them, and it, that's where you kind of get out of it. There's a lot of stuff that happens on the trail that's unique to the trail, and not so much the bushcrafting. But uh, and that's fair. So yeah, if anybody wants to check that out, uh, please feel free to go check it out, or even shoot us a little bit of a message. I'm sure Ben would be able to pass along more than I would. I think I'm going to check it out myself, actually. Um, but I, I think for the most part, we touched on most of the major clothing there, Ben. The only thing that I had sitting beside me uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, and I'm sure you'll have something on this, is hats. Now, hats are, they vary from weather, or sorry, from season to season, but I am a firm believer in always bringing a hat with you in the woods when you go. Uh, so in cold weather, it's to keep you warm, keep heat in keep your ears from freezing things like that and in the summer uh it's more for keeping the sun off you now at the bare minimum ball cap is great uh i've seen like i'm even myself i'm guilty for wearing a bandana but generally even over my bandana i wear a hat much like this which we talked about before we started up uh and it's it's just a tilly style hat this one happens to be oil skin uh it sheds water really well but what i like is the full the full band around it, like, I, I'm a wuss when it comes to sun, I hate getting sunburned, I don't like being that crispy feeling, so I try to get as much sun coverage as I can, and that's the other big thing I love about this hat, is it gives you massive amounts of sun coverage, but yeah, uh, hats, always try to go into the woods, I always try to go into the woods with at least some sort of hat. Yeah, I mean, in winter, I, I always have my hat. I never forget my hat. In this in the summer, I'm kind of bad for not always wearing a hat. And a ball cap, like you said, is, is okay. It'll help protect you from the sun. But what you got there is, is, is definitely a better product. Because um, the back of the neck is where I find I burn the worst. And I think that's where you find your back, your neck, your shoulders, especially guys, because we're more prone to go with outer shirts. You can really scorch yourself up pretty bad. And... Nothing worse than a, in a bad sunburn. That's something we really probably could have mentioned earlier. This protecting yourself from the sun is a pretty big deal. And if you're out canoeing or kayaking or hiking, you don't always realize how much sun you've been exposed to. And that extra layer of clothing, just just a light shirt, like it doesn't have to be a big, he thick, heavy shirt, but keeping a, a layer of clothing on you is going to protect you from that sun so much. Uh, and I, I'm sure, because you, you said you don't like that crispy feeling. You've you've been in the woods burned before, right? Oh, way too much. Uh, once again, with natural resources, one of the big things was fighting forest fires. I actually ended up getting a full-brimmed hard hat to wear in the woods, specifically because I was getting sunburned so bad. Like, I, I, for people that can't see, I'm full of freckles, and anyone will tell you that freckled-skinned people, we can't walk by a window without getting some sort of sunburn like it, it's just terrible <laughs> so i i admit i'm a wuss when it comes to getting sunburns and getting in the sun but it, it to me it's justified because i don't just tan like most people 
will burn once, maybe twice, and then they just tan the rest of the year. I will get a sunburn on top of a sunburn on top of a sunburn on top of a sunburn and just keep going down the rope. Like, it never stops for me. So the sun is always a big thing on my mind. Yeah, I, I'm fairly lucky there. I don't burn bad. Uh, I have probably a few times in my life, but I've seen some horrible burns. And, and I, my niece came to visit us one Easter a couple of years ago. She They were down south uh for a trip and she went and she got herself burned and then she covered herself up for a couple of days and then she, she went uncovered for the next day and when she came up she had blisters that were like yeah. her whole shoulders down her back and you know we're trying to give her aloe vera and anything to try and, and ease it but reality is at that stage not a lot's gonna soothe that no i mean it, it's a sin right and when you burn i tend to think you you burn once, you burn the second time quicker. Maybe so. Like I said, I, I don't have... No. Nope, we're all good. Uh, you glitched there for a second. Like I said, I don't have a baseline for that. I just... I never stop burning. There is no such thing as just, oh, now I just tan. Now it's I'm just darker, but I still burn. So. Yeah, so... If you're going to talk about sun protection, too, we should probably mention... Uh, glass, sunglasses is another great product that you should probably have with you. Um, and believe it or not, even in the winter, uh, snow blindness is a real thing. And it's kind of fits in the same thing. It's clothing. It's something you're going to wear on your person to protect you. All your clothing is really for your personal protection. Oh, for uh, sure. And right. I generally wear my sunglasses more in the winter than I do in the summer, specifically because of all that reflecting sun. Oh, man. I, I'm blue-eyed and... Blue-eyed people tend to, to have more problems with the sun, I think. Um, and I remember as a kid, bright days are almost painful to me. Uh, I almost always have some kind of sun protection for my eyes. And, and I have been out in the winter and known like bad headaches from the sun. Head cracked the window. <laughs> but yeah, like too much sun on the eyes, you, you can get headaches. Too much sun in, in a day, too much heat. And you can get sunstroke. I mean, that's a very serious concern. Uh, so he said, good hat. They used to make some with a, like a, a scarf or a... Yeah, I've seen those. They used to call them, or I should say we used to call them desert caps. Because yeah. they would give you that full, they would have like, it almost looked like a ball cap. And then right where your temples would start, it was kind of a skirt that went around and hung down a fairly good long way that would cover your ears, your neck, and all that stuff. Uh, I don't like the feeling of that on my neck personally, but for those that can wear them, man, that is awesome protection. I have tried them, and I tried to get used to them. I just could not do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I suspect the whole concept of those come from people who lived in the desert. If you look at de traditional desert clothing... They often wore like the bandana type band with a, with a a draping head headwear, and it's just to keep the sun off them. And if you think about it, look at the the gear that people from that area would normally have worn. You know, the native people to that area, and you kind of get an idea of of why they wear stuff, and you can get an understanding of what would be best for the environment. Um. Um. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I was just sitting here kind of grinding the gears trying to think of anything we didn't touch on, but I think we covered everything. The last thing would be hands. Always wear gloves for whatever you're going to be doing. If you're going out in the winter and you think, oh, it's a warm day, I won't need gloves, take them anyway. You'd be surprised what you'll need once you get into the woods. As you 
as anyone that's gone to the woods will be sure to tell you, it gets colder in the woods because it's more damp in the woods. All the foliage and stuff taps, uh, usually traps the moisture down a little lower, uh, drops the ambient temperature. You generally don't get as much wind, but when you do, it tends to be a lot more raw wind just because of the dampness that's in it, especially in cold, colder climates. Uh, during the summer, it's kind of the reverse. Then you tend to get a lot more humidity in the under the foliage, and you have to bring that into account too when you're dressing. Yeah, if you, I, I usually have a good pair of gloves, uh, and if you're going to do any amount of work, it 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 can save your hands. Um, and I just kind of had a thought there, just because you talked about it. Um, there's a, a method for keeping warm. It's called the vapor barrier method. Have you have you seen this? Do you know it? If you take like the latex gloves, yep, put on your hand and then put your gloves on over the top of that. It prevents air transfer from getting directly to your skin, and it'll actually give you a few degrees warmth. It, it really does work. Your hands may feel clammier because the moisture can't get away, but what it is is it's not letting the moisture from your body get to your clothing. So your clothing doesn't get wet. It won't, and it it's a method you can use to to insulate yourself. It's called the vapor method. It's worth looking into. Do try to understand it before you attempt it. It's, I've, I've heard of people doing it with uh, a whole, whole like sleep systems. And it's basically you can take a plastic bag and put over you, not over your face ever. Mm. but And then you put like a, a lighter sleeping bag over you and you'll stay warmer than you might have in a heavier sleeping bag. Um, a lot of people str struggle with the clamminess and stuff of it, and there's there's definite drawbacks to it. It's, it's kind of like also like I guess the uh, the reflective gear, the the emergency blankets. You can do that yep. with those too, but you do not want a lot of of layers of clothing between you and the item because then what you're doing is you're trapping the moisture in your clothing, and it's just the heat sink then. Okay, so you got to get it as close to your skin as possible. Um, yeah. So it's definitely something to look into, and I, I haven't heard about it, but the principle sounds just or... I haven't experimented with it a lot, but I do know of it, and, and I did do some research in it. Uh, I had a buddy who did the opposite. He he came camping with us one time, and uh, he had a, a big plastic garbage bag that he threw over the top of his sleeping bag. I think I may have mentioned this in an earlier video, and... His sleeping bag was almost as hard as a rock the next morning. Like, it, it froze solid. Mm. Uh, and it's from the moisture escaping your body. So it's it's, it's a method that can be used. Uh, I have tried it out working on cars and stuff. You put your latex glove on. You put, like, a, a, a cotton glove over the top of it. And you can – it does help. Uh, okay. I, you know what? I may give that a go, too. But I, I am going to stress to anybody that's listening out there, please do your research before attempting any of these things we chat about. Uh, we're just giving our two cents, honestly, ladies and gents. We are not going out there and telling you to try anything that you're not unfamiliar with. Uh, please do your research, or at least get a hold of us, and we can chit-chat about it in a little bit more detail before you uh, attempt anything we talk about. Not just this vapor barrier. This goes to any of the shows we've done. I mean, we, we're just a couple of guys that are talking about our experiences. We are not the uh, be-all to end-all, if that makes any kind of sense. No, it, it, you're perfectly right. And, and and these are ideas that I'm throwing out there, and, and I highly push, and I, and I, I, I agree 100%. Do your research, and if you're going to try these methods, try them in a controlled environment. Don't go out and say, I heard about this from Ben Greening on, 
on the internet and I can do this now and go survive because it rarely happens to go the way you think it's going to go and this doesn't go with just the things we talk about this goes simple as if you've never gone camping before ladies and gents and you think you're going to get a uh, campfire going or something when you get there at least try to start one before you go into the woods because it's not like lighting a your stove your wood stove so to speak there's a lot of principles that are the same but there's a lot of things that are different too you don't get that ultra dry kindling all the time in the woods so definitely know and try some of the stuff you're going to attempt in the woods at home in a controlled environment as ben said uh we want everybody to come back safe and we want everybody to have a good time when they're out in the woods that's the whole point of this yeah our, our push is to is to encourage people to learn and, and research and Hopefully we can provide you with some new ideas and stuff to think about and stuff to further research. And I would be as happy as you can be. If you prove me totally wrong, uh, you know, that's great. You've taught me something. Uh, if you you see something that you don't think we've heard of or haven't haven't tried, bring it up. You know, maybe we have, maybe we haven't. If, if I haven't, I'm, I'm going to look into it. I'll research it. I'll learn as much as I can about it. I'm sure Robert's the same, uh, you know. And it's through conversation that we're going to get this stuff out and kind of maybe get some new ideas and new thoughts. Um, no, I 100% agree, and I 100% support what you said there, Ben. It's, yeah, there's nothing more to really be said about it. Um, I think that about wraps it up for me, Ben. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Did I miss anything you were looking to try and cover? Uh, not about clothing. I, I I was going to throw out here. I don't know how many people are, are listening are in in the central area for Nova Scotia, but uh, my East Hans Grand Search and Rescue group, uh, we do an Easter egg hunt this Saturday uh, at the Lions Den by Enfield. Uh, if you want to meet me, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be thousands now, but if anyone wants to meet me or just wants to take their kids out or something and, and get some Easter eggs. This is a great event uh, and it supports uh, a great organization that I happen to be a member of. Um, we have uh, some good food there. There's, there's barbecue and stuff. So I just wanted to throw a plug out for that just to get that out there for anyone who might be interested. Um, and uh, I, I hope to hear from you guys uh, about clothing, anything wood woods related bushcraft related uh, like i said we're trying to get a good conversation going here uh, i think we've covered the basics uh there's so much to be said about any uh subject we'll never cover all of it in a single video but uh no and as i said we're, we're not the gurus on this stuff we just chit chat a little bit about what we think would be interesting to you guys and on that note if you have anything that you want us to talk about Get a hold of us. You can get us a hold of us at the podcast at AtlanticBushcraft.ca email address or on the Facebook channel, the YouTube channel, any of those means. Shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to hearing from you so we know what you guys want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we want. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll start getting to meet more of you guys as, as time goes on. And, and Summer is rolling around. <laughs> yeah, um, I found it. We got one viewer that's that's from down down uh, by my my uh, cabin. I'm hoping to meet up with him sometime this summer. Uh, Megan you, that just joined on there a second ago. She's not far from you either. No, so I mean, there's there's a lot of people here here that aren't aren't far away, and there's the potential to meet up with some of you guys if you're ever interested. And, and 
there's the bushcraft weekend. I think we're hoping to do something there. Yeah, I'm going to be there for one of the days over the weekend, at least, I believe. We're planning on it now, the Sunday for sure. i got to get in touch with um, with Lawrence and Jamie. I don't know if Jamie's still tuned in there to see uh, what they need. But, yeah, I'm hoping to at least get down for one of the days over the weekend. It is a four-day event for anybody that's interested. I'm pretty sure it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, check it out at the Nova Scotia Bushcraft yeah, Nova Scotia Bushcraft Facebook group. They'll have more information on it for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great event. I haven't gone to the last couple. I went to the first one, and I do really hope to make it to this one. I'll probably try and hit the, at least the same day as Robert. Uh, it's it's kind of halfway between places I'm normally to anyways, so uh, it's, it's an easy jaunt up and down to it. Uh, oh, for sure. And if we can coordinate getting there at the same time, y'all better believe that we'll be doing something with the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures podcast. So, uh, yeah, look for us. Maybe we can get to chat to some of you and we'll get you on the on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, where is it? It's uh, if, if, if Megan is asking the, the Bushcraft Weekend, I'm pretty sure is at Smiley's again this year. Yeah, I think it's at Smiley's and it's August uh, t -t -t I think it's the August 11th weekend. Does that that sound? I think it's the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th of August this year. That sounds right to me. I, I haven't checked it out lately. Uh, but a great bunch of people. It, it's it was a it was a an awesome one that I did. Uh, I can't say enough good about it, really. Uh, no, for anybody that's interested in even doing something woods-related, uh, they cover more than just bushcraft. It is the Nova Scotia Bushcraft annual gathering, but there's trappers there, search and rescue stops, and there's first aid demonstrations. There's tons on bushcrafting. There's trade blankets. There's food, music. I mean, it's a good time. Everybody leaves happy. Yeah, there's plenty to learn, plenty to see, plenty to do. Um I think I have a couple of buddies who are hoping to uh, volunteer to do a couple of demonstrations, so I may be helping out some of those if they want. They, they've, they've indicated a, a wish for that. So I may end up being there for a few extra days. I don't know the whole plan yet. We'll have to register that soon. But that's something. Check it out. There is a registration. I don't remember what the fee is. I can't remember off the top of my head either, but you'll find it on the Facebook page. Maybe we'll look at doing a podcast as that gets closer, maybe towards June or something like that. We'll try and do an episode where we plug that and talk a little bit about it if you're game for it. Yeah, in fact, if one of the administrators to this is interested, we could have them on. You're right on my thought process. That's exactly what I had rolling in the back of my head when I mentioned it. Well, call them out here on air so they, they, they can see know that they've been formally invited here <laughs> jamie warrants i'm looking at you guys if one of you i know mark's there too uh and a, a couple other guys i think rob so if any of you guys are able to spare some free time on a wednesday in june drop us a line we'd like to chat to you and plug your event and try and get you out as much as we can yeah yeah and i'd even be willing to to look at a different date if it if it Wednesday absolutely can't work, we could try to work something else out, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't mind making an exception for something like that. I'll plug any event. Speaking of which, why don't you give one more shout to your Easter egg hunt this year, and then we'll wrap her up. Yeah, Easter egg hunt this Saturday. I think that's the 20th. Correct me if I'm wrong, dear Robert. Um, 
it is the 20th. You're good. Yeah, it's it's in Enfield Lines. Then you can see it from the highway. Um, it's an Easter egg hunt. So we got three spots. I think it's from zero to three, four to seven, and seven to up. I don't I don't know what the max is. Um, we got three areas to hunt. We do twice: once in the morning and once around noon. Um, and uh, it's a great time. There's there's a lot to learn about search and rescue. There's some some raffles, some games. Uh, nobody leaves empty-handed. Like everyone comes away with something. I think. Uh, and it's a good time. We, we have a little barbecue. And we'd love to see you get out there and support uh, a local organization. It's our biggest fundraiser for the year. Um, and uh, that that's really it. I hope to see some people there. All right. Uh, if you need any, any information, to feel free to contact me or look it up on Facebook. We have a Facebook page for that. Okay. Uh, Are you able to put that link right on our Facebook page? That way they can just jump right to it. Is that something you can do, Ben? I will def definitely attempt to that. Perfect. So there, if the technology gods are with us, you'll be able to get to that page from our website. We'll also link the um, the Nova Scotia Bushcraft Group there thing too. Melissa already linked it in the comments, but we'll try to do a post on the main page as well. But yeah, so if any of you guys have some kids and you're looking to do something fun this weekend, be sure to go and check out the Search and Rescue stuff. Uh, Easter egg hunt there with Ben. Uh, and get to meet a legend. The man, the myth, the legend. He'll be there, and uh, you can shake his hand, and you'll you'll just inherit osmosis, uh, through osmosis, all the bushcrafty goodness that you can get. A legend in one person's mind, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for me, Ben. Is there anything else uh, you can think of? No, uh, just... You know, get out there, enjoy it. I mean, the weather's starting to break. I know we got some pretty shitty weather the last few days. I got some snow down our way. I, I'm assuming it's probably similar out your way. Uh, but it, it, there, we had a good weekend, and I know more good weather's coming. So uh, get out there, enjoy it, uh, and hopefully we'll see you guys around. All right, guys. Everybody have a good night, and we'll see you next week, uh, which is April the 24th. Have a good night.